When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. On this week's episode, we have a variety of celebrities and events to dig into. We're going to talk about my Friday night spent amongst the tweens at Jingle Ball. And we're also going to see what Beyonce was up to. She visited a store that I don't want to give too much away that one of our other fave celebs did recently as well. Right, right. Christmas really did come early on a variety of fronts. Another one being that Big Little Lies is officially getting a second season. So, you know, all of our wishes, all of our hopes, dreams were fulfilled. And we are also going to talk about Julie's amazing coverage of The Crown and kind of connection that The Crown has to one of our favorite gals. So we will kind of get into that as well. Right. But first, Josh's evening with Suri Cruz. I could not believe it when you posted that Twitter. Yeah. The video. You did incredible <laughs> video work. That I night. worked. Re- I've never worked quicker to get my phone out and framed uh, so for those who haven't seen my tweet, which like, I don't know what you're doing with your lives. Uh, <laughs> I went on Friday night to Jingle Ball, which is sort of the, you know, radio show end of year concert that happens in the major cities where they kind of cobble together the best, you know, the kind of top pop music acts. So the headliner this year was Taylor Swift at the New York one, um, which is Madison Square Garden. And it was a packed house, and the anticipation for Taylor was high. The night started at 7 p.m., and Taylor did not go on until about 11.30 p.m. So, What? You were there that whole time? Oh, yeah, Julie, there from 7 to midnight. <laughs> uh, amongst, like, like, the kind of oddest, there was a group of girls behind us. I was fascinated by this group. There was about eight of them. They probably were, I would guess, seniors in high school. They were wearing all matching black crop tops and like kind of low cut jeans. And they had so much drama. At one point, one of them, sh- at one point, one of them left with a guy or something. And then the other one like turned to the remaining girls and shrieked like, if you come with the group, you stay with the group. <laughs> and like, I almost turned around. I almost turned. I know I almost turned around and was like, amen, sister. Like, I could not agree more. If you come with the group, you stay with the group. You don't leave with some guy. You don't ditch the group. Yeah. Right. So I was like really getting involved in all of their drama. It was like, honestly, the chain smokers or someone were singing. And I was like turned around fully in my chair to watch this group of girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
they had a great time. We were also next to the two biggest Fallout Boy like super fans who like lost their minds during Fallout Boy. And Fallout Boy felt to me like a throwback act given that they kind of started their set by pointing out that they did their first Jingle Ball, I think, in 2004, 2005. And now they're still doing it, 2017. And Pete Wentz, you know, I remember when he was dating married Ashley Simpson. And now, you know, she's with Diana Ross's son. So a lot, of, a lot, has, cha- a lot has changed <laughs> since they performed in their first Jingle Ball is what I'm trying to say. I still can't get over the fact that you were there from seven and <laughs> yeah. then Taylor didn't even come up. Well, and also it was interesting this year. So they usually stack it sort of, it escalates in terms of the level of fame. So like, you know, you end with Taylor Swift and you start with the least known act. But for whatever reason, this year, Ed Sheeran, arguably the second most famous person on the lineup, went on at seven. So we got there, you know, we were there maybe 710, 715, making our way. We're maybe maybe pick up, you know, Diet Coke before we got to our seats. Then we hear Ed Sheeran singing. So we race to our chairs. Um, and I was confused. I was like, oh, maybe he has to catch a flight out. Like, why would he be on first? And, you know, at this point, the crowd was not, you know, it was probably three quarters of the way filled. Um, and I don't know. It's a mystery. If anyone has any like indication of why, because he wasn't, he came on during Taylor Swift's set. So that means he performed, he didn't fly anywhere. And that means he performed, maybe he had like a dinner with Beyonce in the middle or something. Right. Maybe he had Din- like a, a date dinner date. I know. It was just weird. So he performed from 7 to 7.20 and then came on with Taylor at like 11.45. So what was he doing from 7.20 to 11.45? Just hanging out backstage at Madison Square Garden? Anyway. That's my that that's what I spent my whole weekend trying to figure out. Uh, but yes, as Julie mentioned at the beginning, perhaps the most buzzed about moment of the night was that when Taylor was, I guess, ready to, um, you know, perform it, you know, they have every sort of act gets introduced by some sort of a lot of it was like a radio host paired with some sort of actress. But, you know, uh, Ben Platt pr- introduced Sam Smith, which was cool. But you know, I was kind of interested to see who was going to introduce Taylor. And then they introduce, and I could not have asked for anything more fantastic and surreal, but Katie Holmes and Surrey Cruz getting introduced to come out to introduce Taylor. And so they announced. Yeah, they go like, and to introduce Taylor Swift, please welcome like Elvis Duran, Katie Holmes and Surrey Cruz. And like, who's Elvis Duran? Why did he need to be there? <laughs> he was, I think, the like radio show. He's like a New York institution. He does the Z100 morning show. But Katie and Surrey come out, and I was just jaw drops. <laughs> and Katie looked kind of, she had a kind of chic sort of, I don't know if that's a new hairstyle or not, but it was kind of this, you know, sort of a bob. Did you see it? Um, like a kind of like. No, my eyes were on Surrey. <laughs> yeah, she looked, Katie looked great. And then she sort of said, it was kind of a, you know, it was all about you know, the Surrey punchline, but Katie sort of did a little bit of a preamble and then Surrey shouted, you know, Taylor Swift, but with amazing panache. Katie Holmes and Surrey Cruz, go right ahead. She's one of our favorite performers and who is it tonight? Taylor Swift! She really delivered the line and... You know, I got a lot of responses to the tweet because it got like picked up in a few places and people were saying, you know, they felt like this was the first time they were hearing Surrey speak because, you know, she hasn't really, you know, obviously she hasn't really been out there. And like, and what a what a grand stage to begin with, you know, 
I love it yeah. so much. Yeah. And she looked great. She had like a big red bow in her hair. Yeah, she. I mean, she's, I guess, what in her, she, I should look up how old she is, 10, 11, older? She's got to be like 10. Yeah. I noticed in some of the comments people were leaving, a lot of people thought she looked very reminiscent of Tom. I, she does look a lot like him. Yeah. She gets older. What was your, did you, did you, were you as impressed as I was by her delivery? I just felt like she had a lot of stage presence. She did. When you tweeted that, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was just some girl who happened to look a lot like Suri. I didn't think that she would actually, but I was mm-hmm. really blown away. And again, I can't believe she stayed up till 11. Well, I, a good, good point, which I didn't really connect. I know there's this poor little girl next to us with her dad. And they left, you know, before Halsey even. They probably only stayed until about 10. So, you know, because Taylor's fan base, you know, it's kind of late for them to stay up, the younger subset. But I, I thought, I think a lot of the, a lot of them, I don't know, I guess they kind of know going into it, they're going to have to have a late night and the parents just let their kids stay up late one night. I don't know. All right. No, but I was really happy. Suri seemed so excited to be there and thrilled. And I was thrilled for her. Glad she got that opportunity. Are you surprised that Suri is a Taylor fan or does that seem right to you? That seems right. I guess she seems like in that age group, right? Yeah. Agreed. And I knew, I knew somehow I feel like I knew Katie and Taylor were friends, but I forget how I knew that. But my first reaction was didn't think it was Surrey. My second was that I can't believe you got your phone out in time to get that. Yeah, I missed. Videoed I videoed present. it. Yeah, check it. We'll repost it on the limelight if we haven't already. Someone who did not get asked to introduce Taylor or anyone else, but who was also there was Lindsay Lowen, which I did not know until after. And I, won't... I didn't know she was back in the country. I thought she was like off in Greece. Or something. Yeah, I just read this article. I was telling some of my friends about it this weekend about how she's the Paris Hilton of Dubai, which is a title I don't know if anyone ever dreams they'll have. But I guess with, it was this like page six article about how Lindsay Lohan is like basically just been living out of the country, as you just noted. And in Dubai, she's like become this huge celebrity. I mean, she is a huge celebrity, but in Dubai, they're especially obsessed with her, apparently. Weird. I wonder what movie it was that really struck the people <laughs> yeah, Big Freaky Friday fans over in Dubai. Where where was she? Did they show her on the Jumbotron? <laughs> Is it like a sports game where they cut away Well, that's what, that's what I was going to ask you if you had any kind of like thinking about this or how the celebrity kind of machine works because she didn't present anyone. She wasn't announced. She Instagrammed like she was filming Taylor uh, and she had good seats. But and she took a photo with Ed Sheeran apparently. But like, what she just went as a fan? Like, did they? She did the red carpet, so I guess maybe that was just sort of she wanted to have a night out. Wow, a red carpet <laughs> at like a stadium concert. This is crazy. <laughs> it's, it was a lot. I, I'm just I'm just upset that I didn't realize she was there. But you know, Josh wrote on the script here. Lindsay Lohan was there, but Josh somehow missed her, and he will never forgive himself. <laughs> Have you ever met her? I feel like you guys would really hit it off. I have not met her. I know. And I have her Vanity Fair, a jumbo version of her Vanity Fair cover, like a poster in my apartment. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has the famous line on the front. I knew I had a problem and I couldn't admit it. Oh. That was that was a quote on the cover and it's her like on the beach. Anyway, so yeah, that was my, I'm really sad you weren't with me to experience Surrey in person, but hopefully you'll get we're having a good run of these. We had Apple Martin, uh, Surrey Cruz, these kind of celebrity offspring who are much, I don't know, watched. 
All right, let's move on to, I guess, I'm not trying to think of what the connection from Surrey to well, maybe Beyonce Taylor. is. Yeah, Taylor and Beyonce. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Last week, Beyonce surprised the world by going to Target. Obviously, kind of the Twitterverse stopped. Couldn't process this. I have to give a lot of props to the people who not only noticed Beyonce, but who took photos so that the world could enjoy this encounter or this this site as much as they were. Um, someone even managed to take a video of her with a close-up, like, zooming in, which was really oh, God. work. Yeah. I know. That was around, it looks like the kitchen aisle. But so Beyonce is wearing these amazing white flowing pants. She has sunglasses on. I mean, as we do whenever we go to Target. She's with Tina. Like, you know Tina never misses a trip to Target. And she was also with Blue Ivy. Oh, Right, and you couldn't tell at first it was her, but you can see in uh, one of the photos I have in here, and we'll link to these photos, that their assistant is actually pushing Blue Ivy in a cart. Wait, so Tina, Tina was also there, but not the, but there was also an assistant. Also an assistant. Interesting. Which I just love. I know. It looks like they actually had two people with them. But Josh, how much would you love it if your job was to just push Blue Ivy around Target all day? Like, are they high? Like, I mean, I will just, I feel like now that we've had enough of these, like, huge celebrities going to Target, I actually think I just need to, like, apply for a job at a Target in L.A., like, I feel like that's your best celeb watching you can get. I know. They really need Target. Target needs like a celebrity ambassador at yeah. every location. <laughs> and they never need to worry about like getting, you know, actually signing a celeb spokesman. They get like the celebs do it on their own, it seems like. They do it on their own. Another point that I really enjoyed about this news item, we're going to call it a news item. <laughs> yeah. Was that they went to a Target in San Clemente, which I had to look up how far that is from Los Angeles. It's 90 minutes south of L.A. And L.A. has a bunch of Targets, you know, much closer. So while, like, I assume they went there because it was more private, less, Mm. you know, kind of away from the city. But I kind of prefer the theory that Tina Knowles just, like, prefers the San Clemente location. That seems out of their way, though, isn't it? Like, isn't their house in L.A., or is that wrong? Or maybe they were there, maybe they were down there for some other reason? Right, maybe they had, like, driven to San Diego or something, and they were on their way back and just decided to stop at Target. I don't know. It also seems odd to me, doesn't it, that, like, I mean, I never quite understand the 
I understand the wanting to be part of the, you know, whatever world and not feeling like you're cooped, you're cooped <laughs> up. But like you're Beyonce, like the target can come to you. You don't have to go to the target. Exactly. I know. Like she definitely has the means. Someone could set up a little pop up. I know. They could. They, they could literally. I'm sure they would shut down a target and just like move it all to Beyonce's like house if that was necessary. Right. But maybe you know, every like six weeks, she just craves that like interaction with strangers. Well, so here's my other question. Angelina Jolie also went to Target. When, when, and we talked about it for a while. Whenever that happened, I forget. They got their hot dogs, and that was a big story. No, they left. They were disappointed because they didn't, didn't get hot dogs. dogs. God. Right? I just failed my SATs, basically, that the version of that. But was is this a coincidence? I'm trying to ask is, is this a coincidence that Beyonce and Angelina Jolie, two of our brightest stars, both have had, like, Target experiences recently? No, because I think it's just, it's like, you know, we breathe oxygen, like, everyone loves Everyone Target. loves Target. <laughs> wow, we're basically doing some, like, sponsored content for Target. What was what, what were they all wearing? What was the outfit game like? So Beyonce had those white pants on. Right. Um, it's hard to see because these photos are pretty grainy. Oh my gosh, I, I feel like I, I just clicked on the video that Julie sent me that the person tweeted. It's like Zap Rooter footage. Like it, it zooms in on her from so far. And then she kind of, and she turns her head. And like he immediately puts the phone down, which I would do the same. Oh, and then in one of them, she has her hand up. Like, not wanting people to be photographing her. Right. That's sad. But, like, also... <laughs> as we stare at uh, As we, like, literally spend, like, a, like a, like a 15-minute segment on, like, every minute of these photos. Cool track pants, kind of. They're, like, white with a yellow stripe. I'm very thrown off by... So, Tina's kind of overseeing it. Then there's this assistant wheeling blue. Beyonce has a kind of unusual backpack, it looks like. <laughs> Again, us like dabbling into fashion. Is that a backpack or a back of her it's jacket? A backpack. It looks like it's embroidered, but again, from these grainy photos. This is her as she walks down the sporting aisle. You heard it here first from the most fashionable people on the block. Embroidered backpacks are in. <laughs> right? Um, all right. I mean, I don't know. What, so, what do you think they bought? I don't know because Blue's there. So were they there shopping for Sir and Rumi? Good call for the Christmas, like to get to stock up on presents. I also love the idea that there's some celebrity child, like Cons- like consultant who maybe like helps you pick the presents. No, I was going to say like grab bag. Like everybody picks a name in the hat. So like Lou Ivy had to shop for like Prince George. maybe she's like doing her like like getting northwest off her list getting um you know what other kids would be on blues list how is she surrey's age surrey's older i think but me i could see blue sending surrey you know a little token (laughs) maybe some sort of like you know not not everyone's on the same plane oh so i bet she has to get something for solange's son her cousin right Serena Williams is um, newborn. I just love that Jay Z's going to wake up on Christmas, probably to like a Target brand pan or something. Okay, wait, what? Um, can you please read this? <laughs> what is it like, Morona? Like a Morona? <laughs> uh, can you read this very good Twitter response that you included here? 
So this person responded to the Twitter user who posted the photo of Beyonce shopping. And he said, I can't even find my damn family when I'm in Target and you found Beyonce, which is incredible. (laughs) Good. Really funny. I'm like really enjoying that. Let's talk about some great news. Right. Uh, Big Little Lies is getting a second season, as we've all prayed and hoped for. I was clearly in like a happy-go-lucky state when I wrote this segment, because I wrote, honestly, Julie, it's all happening for us recently. Our girl getting engaged, our show getting renewed, which is true. It really is all happening for us. I stand by it now. Um, So, Josh, I actually didn't read a lot about this, so I'm just going to be learning this news (laughs) as Well, okay, so I will share. So it was long long rumor or not long rumored i shouldn't say that but like you know the first season obviously was so celebrated on this podcast and otherwise um like won all these emmys it just got a bunch of golden globe nominations today but i think because it was meant you know it's based on a book and the book there's no more there aren't sequels to the book uh i think people weren't clear on what would happen and, and, and you know there was like excitement about a second season but i don't think anyone necessarily i think it was very mixed i would say right like 50 50 in terms of if people wanted I think it was pretty unanimous. Everyone loved the first season. I think it was just, it sort of felt like, do we need another or not? Right. And also the cast and the producers were kind of cagey. The director of the first right. series didn't really want to do any more than those episodes. And I feel like there are some people who felt like it should go out on the high of its you know perfect first season. But they're going well ahead with a second. And I think I was reading an interview with the HBO director of programming who said, you know, which was a good point, you know, Reese and Nicole can do their you know their time is highly valued and if they want to do this with their time you know you don't really object to that i think um when this premieres we should all go with jordan to monterey yeah and like and really see what go on the ground and live the life Right, just sit on a beach with like. <laughs> yeah, we're not even nothing, not like unrelated to the podcast or coverage. We're just going to go to Monterey, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'm really. I'm actually thinking I would. For, you know, I think I've gone back and forth a little bit. As much as I was obsessed with the show about if a second season made sense, but I'm actually just. I think fully excited. How are you feeling? I love how you're trying to be like all logical about this. Like we loved Reese. We loved Nicole. We love these characters. We love transition lenses. Like we love it all. There's going to a new director this time around. It's going to be Andrea, Andrea Arnold, who did fish tank American honey. She's a highly celebrated indie director. And people are very excited about her doing all the episodes and David E. Kelly wrote them. So I'm, you know, we have Reese, we have Nicole. As I pointed out, we do not have Alexander Skarsgård, though, when Julie and I ran into him at an Emmys party, those of you with good memories will remember, he told us not to count him out for the second season. Right, even though his character was killed off in dramatic fashion. So maybe... (laughs) In the series finale. I guess it could be flashbacks, or it could be, maybe he'll play a different character, you know, like, repertory player style. I mean, I don't know if I see that, but maybe. I think I think he that character should have like a twin brother. Oh, there we go, and that and that's his way in because we need Skarsgård in the mix. Um, all right, but we should, let's run through the four new characters. Uh, HBO announced the four characters that will be coming on, and we'll we'll offer some of our casting suggestions if we have them. So, yes. <laughs> okay, the first is a new employee in the school administration office who befriends Jane, Shailene Woodley's character. Eventually, the two women learn about each other's quote-unquote deepest secrets. 
a very cryptic description that makes me very intrigued. Um, and I love your casting <laughs> suggestion here. I just wrote in Kristen Stewart in all caps because I just see it happening. I see them having good chemistry. I went to a kind of romantic place with this deepest secret, so I also right, felt like that right, could be interesting. That's where I went to. I just can't see her with her like edgy haircut in a school administration office, but maybe we can give her a wig. <laughs> I, 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 I think it would be kind of an interesting casting choice in that she's so at odds with the Reese, you know, sort of Nicole vibe. Right, but this is like the least sexy character that has ever come across Kristen Stewart's desk. Like a supporting player who works in a school administration office. You're really harping on the school administration office. I'm harping on the two women learn about each other's deepest secrets part of it. That sounds very interesting. Well, who else would you think could be a possibility for this role? Well, the more I talk about it, the more I do like Kristen Stewart. Thank you. <laughs> I think that would be an incredible get. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to think of who else is kind of Shailene's age. What about Kirsten Dunst? She's probably oh, a little older. I like that. Brie Larson. Oh, Brie Larson would be good. Mm -hmm. I think that's like, we need to know more, but I feel like, you know, any of those could be good. Maybe they'll go. We also don't know the age. It's not specified here. We could be talking like an, right. an, an it could be an Annette Benning. <laughs> like like maybe it's an it's an older school administration office official. Right, June Squibbs. <laughs> um, I don't know why I had to make it, you know, a similar age person. Maybe maybe it's a very young teen. Like it's a, you know, Millie Bobby Brown or something. I guess she can't be a school administration official, what am I saying? Maybe it's, it's June Squibb. <laughs> June Squibb is who we're going to go with final answer. But when I think of school administration office, I think of June Squibb. There we go. And that, and they're going to learn about each other's deepest secrets. I want to know June's secrets. Okay, then we have Michael Perkins, a new second grade teacher at Otter Bay Elementary School who wants to cultivate global and social consciousness in his young students. Renata, Laura Dern's character, becomes furious when Mr. Perkins's lessons on global warming causes Amabella to have a panic attack. Julia, as if my fan fiction is coming true here. <laughs> That's so oddly specific. I, and, Did I they actually release these details? I mean, this was on Vulture. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think, I think that's real. And, and it's also like they were so excited about this Michael Perkins storyline that they had to give us all of this information. It's also kind of funny. They literally are giving us his name, Michael Perkins. Like, is that like really piquing interest at that Michael Perkins? Who do you see as a Michael Perkins? I like the idea of like a Jake Gyllenhaal, like kind of a hot oh, teacher. Oh, hot for teacher vibe. Hot for teacher vibe, right. And Renata goes in all furious, but then she sees what he looks like. and I could see like an army hand. Hammer. I could see him as a Michael Perkins. I'm trying to think who I want like Laura Dern to just like feud with, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's going to be like a great dynamic. I could see her Jake Gyllenhaal be good. Maybe like uh, it could also go in a totally different direction with like a more brooding like um, like an Andrew like, Garfield. Yeah, or like Shia LaBeouf or like... Um, oh my gosh, and I would love that because he was an American honey. Yes, there we go. So, but I feel like Reese and Nicole don't want that kind of like energy <laughs> on set. <laughs> yeah, he's not posing for a boomerang with Reese for like behind the scenes footage. I feel like uh, Michael B. Jordan. I would love Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, he'd be That's good. That's my favorite. Um, favorite casting. 
I feel like there's a lot of these, these. I'm like getting really excited just going through these casting possibilities. We're getting all worked up. And then the last two characters are Bonnie's parents, Zoe Kravitz's character. Their names are Elizabeth and Martin Howard. Elizabeth is described as someone who has passed on her outwardly zen qualities to her daughter Bonnie, and boy, do we know she has those qualities. That's that's Josh, not the casting description. But ultimately, oh my gosh, this goes somewhere I was not expecting. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't read this before I finished that I, that joke. Keep in mind, I didn't finish reading this description yet. But ultimately, reveals herself to be controlling and abusive. Ooks. M- oh, Martin is emotionally distant toward his daughter, but a family emergency forces him to address the strain between them. They're giving us a lot of information about the second season plot. I know. And there are only two right answers to who should be cast. Well, I just wrote her. in her real parents, Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz. But like, right. I guess that's too weird. Why? I don't know. Like, It sounds like these parents are going to have like drama with uh, Bonnie. But I mean, personally, it's I think, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on this. So tell me if you think differently. I feel like when you when a actress has such famous parents who are actors, it's kind of like just make it them. I feel like it's going to be distracting if it's anyone other than them. True, true. But so, oh my god, and Lenny and Nicole dated, right? So like, bring that family fun vibe to set. Get Keith Urban a role while we're at it. I mean, I feel like this is like the show has a family affair feel, you know? They all get along so well. Ava Filippi needs a part. Oh my gosh, I would love that. Have you ever seen Keith Urban's hair when it's not straightened? Wow, I did not. That that question came out of left field and I love it. (laughs) No, why? What does his hair look like when he wakes up in the morning? It really bothers me. It'd be amazing if it was like a curly sort of mane. Anyway, I'm really excited. I feel like now we both feel excited. Right. So this explains why Zoe Kravitz kind of pushed Alexander Skarsgård off the ledge. Because did we know that she had an abusive background? I'm sort of remembering now that that was in the book somehow. Yeah, Jordan is confirming that for us. In the book, but not uh, in the show. It was, it was. I think it was, hint- I don't even know if it was hinted at in the show. But I remember reading stuff after where they were like, oh, well, if you know from the book, Bonnie has this issue. I love that you have here. Will transition lenses still be around? What do you I mean, think? He, he wouldn't miss it. <laughs> I feel like he would donate his time if he had to. I want him involved in the global warming plot. I mean, I guess he will be because he's going to have to like talk Renata down. I mean, the fact that this storyline <laughs> spans from like global warming to these panic attacks. <laughs> no, there's really a lot here. So let's talk about another show that is a fave of In the Limelight and Julie, who has really been like on this beat hardcore. And if you haven't read her Crown coverage yet, you have to. But The Crown premiered on Friday. Friday. Did you watch? I have not seen it yet. I'm waiting to watch it with my parents when I'm home for Christmas. Um, How is the second season? Have you seen all of it? Some of it? I've seen all of it a few times. It's amazing. It's so good. It's right. The second season... um, Prince Margaret does not get enough airtime, in my humble opinion. She only has like two or three episodes, a really volatile kind of sparks fly between her and Matthew Good, who plays Lord Snowden, her, her, who she goes on to marry. Um, it's really, really, I recommend it. But uh, I want to talk to you about like Philip and all of his suggested affairs, but you haven't watched it yet. Oh God, I know. Really, I feel it really makes him look like kind of a villain. You cover him a lot present day. Yeah, I mean, I wondered this during the first season of the show. Did you ever feel like 
I mean, I, I guess it's like been an ongoing question whether the queen watches the show or is aware. But like, it must be kind of odd, no? That like, right. I sometimes feel like a little bit like eeks. Like, they have to be watching this show about like the kind of strain in their marriage the early years. Vanessa Kirby, who plays Margaret, said that um, I guess she met Princess Eugenie, who said that her granny loves the show. Okay, so she watches it. I can see her watching it, but I don't see Philip like sitting down. Also, I just love thinking about, I watch them on Watch What Happens Live, Claire Foy and Matt Smith. And it's right. so funny. I mean, we thought we've seen them at a few things, like, and obviously you've interviewed them, but like, I, I feel like it's just seeing them and it shouldn't be this jarring, but when you see them in their modern garb, like, and I feel like it's just always kind of weirdly shocking. I d- haven't watched it yet. How was Matt? Were they loose? Were they both drinking? Super loose. They have an amazing dynamic and chemistry. I mean, I, I know she's married, right, in real life. Um, so I guess there's nothing going on there. But man, I I was really feeling their chemistry. He was teasing her. Like she kind of has, they have the dynamic of like he wants to spill too much. Like he tried to say when Princess Diana is going to appear on the show when Andy Cohen asked and and then Claire was like like Matt like you can't say that and then he was like oh Claire is always like you know telling me I can't say this can't say that like um, I'm not doing a good job of conveying the dynamic but it was like kind of cute. What were they drinking? I don't think she was drinking anything. She said like he asked like what on, like they want like what they'd like to watch for Netflix and chill or whatever. And uh, she said like oh this is so nerdy but like documentaries like she likes watching PBS documentaries. And he That's said, like, very like on character. <laughs> yeah. Like. And then he said, Ab Fab, which I guess is some British show. But do, how did you feel about, do you feel like they're fair to him sort of on the show? Like, do you think? I think, I think they're very fair, especially I went through like a nerd, like 1950s newspapers to see what they wrote about them at the time. And he did have all these kind of eyebrow raising. Okay, so I haven't seen the show yet, but can you explain the deal with this Russian ballerina situation? So in the first episode, Queen Elizabeth is shipping her husband off for about five months to go on oh, yeah. this tour right. to, to kind of keep him out of trouble because he's been hanging out in like the wrong crowd and um, in the tabloids a lot. And she wants to sneak him a very kind gift so he can think of her when... He's away, and she puts her camera with a little note in his briefcase. And when she opens the briefcase, there's a picture that Philip has in the briefcase of this Russian ballerina who was a real-life ballerina at the time. She uh, was in London that year performing Giselle, which is Queen Elizabeth kind of to torture herself, goes out alone to see the ballerina uh, do Giselle. So, does does yeah. the ballerina look like... Claire Foy slash Queen Elizabeth? No, not at all. She's Russian, like gorgeous, dark hair. Dark so, eyes. so in real life, they did have an affair. Well, see, this is what confuses me because in real life, there's no evidence suggesting that they did have an affair. I don't know. Also, she lived in Russia. You know, right. She was touring there, but I imagine she had a pretty packed schedule <laughs> with like rehearsals and things. I love how that's your concern about this not happening. Like, she probably had to get from her stretching to, you know, yoga. <laughs> probably didn't have time, time to make that detour to Philip's throne or whatever. Uh, but I, there's no evidence suggesting that they're actually. So wait, so the, but, but the crown's allowed to just imply that, even if they don't know what happened. 
Right. So it was it was interesting to me because he also could have had Philip, you know, just have some random woman's phone. Right. But they chose like the a, a real. Does she is she a character on the season? You can spoil no, it. No, she's just on that one episode. Interesting. I mean, I they. Know. I remember it being like a recurring motif in the first season that um, she like he would go out and carouse and drink, and she never right. really knew what he was up to. Right, and he has like a bad friend in the second season, like Mike Parker, who gets into all the trouble. He's kind of like the the rowdy friend of your boyfriends that you like hope your boyfriend like, like eighty sixes like, <laughs> gets rid of. The Mike. Everyone has a Mike Parker. Uh, what okay but lastly we have to comment on uh, we've gone basically a whole episode without saying the words Meghan Markle which I don't know how that's happened but know, but which is kind of fitting because she kind of disappeared last week yeah that's true um, but Matt Smith who plays for Prince Philip on the show was asked on Watch What Happens Live who he would have play Meghan Markle or who he would cast and it's kind of funny he like tries to think of the name so he turns to Clara and says like who's that one who dates Justin Bieber um, and uh then Andy Cohen fills in like, oh, you mean Selena Gomez? And then Claire's like, oh, you love her to Matt Smith. So there's some backstory there. So Matt Smith said that Selena Gomez was his choice. I think maybe she seems a little young. Also, I think, you know, I don't know if we all think she's the perfect fit to play Megan. Uh, but Julie, you had a great suggestion Zoe Kravitz. I like that idea. That would work. I also think kind of the granola-y, like, yoga vibe. I feel like Zoe, we know she has that range. Um, I actually got, I didn't know this. Did you know a little Suits fact? I was having dinner with one of my close friends, Katie, on Saturday night, who watches is watching Suits now. And she said in the early... I literally know zero Suits facts. <laughs> so she, she said in early on in season one... Meghan Markle's character on the show is a foodie. Like, she's obsessed with food and kind of, like, always giving, like, you know, like, oh, I know this great spot or this great recipe, which clearly was influenced by Meghan's own interests. She brought a little... Of herself herself to the character. Do you think the palace in future, like, you know, before they do interviews, I'm sure the palace says, okay, you can't ask Carrie or Megan this. Do you think it's a requisite that no one brings up suits? Well, I, I, I can't believe, I can't believe we didn't touch on this already, but I can't even remember if I sent this to you, but there was a great report, I think late last week that in order to prep for the wedding, the palace officials are having all the kind of people working on getting everything together, watch suits because they have to be for, like they're like that's a good way for them to be familiar with the different people who'll be coming to the wedding. It seems so implausible to me that like I just ignored it almost, but I kind of love that if that's true that anyone involved in planning the wedding is like their homework is to watch suits so that they can be familiar with all these people who are going to be coming to the wedding. I love that detail. Also, we still don't know the date, right? Should we no. just plan on being in London for all of May? I think all of next year, probably, but yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that does it for this week's episode. A tour de force of all of our f- big topics, I feel. I know. We, hit, we hit some Beyonce, we hit some Megan, Big Little Eyes. Yeah, Target. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, let us know what you think. I think we had a lot of kind of open questions, so we always appreciate. You guys are so good about filling us in on things. Right. Um, also, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight. We really want to hear your casting suggestions for Big Little Lies. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. 
And I'm at Jay Duboff. We are also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was produced and edited by Jordan Bell. Thanks to Andy Bowers at Panoply. Thanks for joining us. And we will talk to you next week. Until then, no bad energy. Oh, <laughs> no bad energy. <laughs>